Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers for the entirety of the Reordenverse. Welcome to the Damn Snack Bar, my name's Joe, I'll be your server today. The specials on the menu are... Chapters 10 to 12 of the Lightning Feet. And if you just have a seat right over here, we'll be right with you. What's up, guys? <laughs> Sorry, Joe's screwing up her face, it's the first time that she's re-listened to her oh, <laughs> little intro. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the damn snack bar, guys. I'm Kate. I'm Joe. And we are lo- your lovely hosts today. We are getting right into chapters 10 to 12 of Lightning Thief. Our oh, child <laughs> mashup for today is I Ruin a Garden Gnome Poodle. <laughs> I love it. So what did you think of these three chapters, Joe? Oh, long. The first two were long. <laughs> And then 12 was like, oh, okay, finish in three pages. But besides that, uh... See, I really like these chapters because we're getting, like, finally into, yes, some, like, actual, like, story apart from just, oh, we're at camp and we're, you know, just... Mm. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, the bus, so first chapter, chapter 10 on the bus. Yeah. Was, um... Yeah, I mean, it was alright. I mean, it really uh, it really showed, you know, Percy and his loyal Fatal Floor coming out that he refuses to leave a man behind. Chapter um, 11. That's a good one. Yeah. That's the Garden of Emporium chapter is yes. very good. Medusa. We kind of set the tone for the rest of the book with that chapter, which it I re- really like. It really does. But I also just, you know, we're introduced to a new monster and it's like okay something interesting to deal with yeah absolutely and then you know chapter 12 is just short and sweet let's get right into our chapter recap for chapter 10 so in chapter 10 i ruined a perfectly good bus percy grover and annabeth set off on their quest to the underworld on the greyhound bus that they've prepared to take to los angeles all three fueys board and aggressively search the group for a mysterious item I wrote Mysterious Island. I must have been thinking of, mm. <laughs> you know. Journey to the Center. Absolutely. Anyway, under the guise of Annabeth's Yankees cap, Percy escapes the Eye of the Furies and instead, instead hijacks the bus and they break down in New Jersey. The bus is struck by lightning and only one Fury survives. The Half-Bloods don't stick around for her reinforcements to arrive. So they literally... The start of the chapter is them packing all their stuff together. It's kind of a little bit sad that Percy only has one change of clothes and oh, a toothbrush. Yeah. Like, obviously he didn't pack to go to camp, so yeah, he doesn't, he was, you know. like, he was like, I'm going to pack all my belongings to my bag. Oh. <laughs> oh, I have nothing. Mm. Everything that he has has been loaned to him. Loaned, not given, mm. loaned to him from the camp store. Really Kyron was... is making these kids pay for everything out of the kiosk. Like, what the hell? <laughs> they don't have any money. They're children. <laughs> Another thing set is he gives him a hundred bucks and he goes, that'll set you up. <laughs> yeah, for the two weeks that it takes until the whole solstice. Trip, you're like, dude, what the fuck? He also gives him like so many gold drachmas, but it's still a hundred bucks most, is nothing. Most of the time you're dealing with mug- <clears throat> I almost said muggle. <laughs> Mortal money. Literally. So it's like, Chiron, use your fucking brain. A two week road trip in America has to cost more than a hundred bucks, even in 2005, 2004, when this was it's written. It's just petrol. Has to. I mean, well, they're taking a bus, so they don't pay for petrol. Still. And none of them can drive. Still. Even though Grover's, like, 40. Still. <laughs> what? He's in great sex. <laughs> I love that bit. It's so funny. They board the bus. They, I mean, 
Argus takes them to the bus through the city, and Percy has a moment of, oh, I could go, I could go to 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 back to my house, <laughs> but he doesn't. Why would he though? The only Gabe's there. Like he was sort yeah. of just like, my house is down the street. Huh. <laughs> Before they do that, when they're still all packing their stuff, uh, Percy's talking about what each person is taking with them, and he gets to Grover, and Grover has his reed pipes, and I just love that the only two things that Grover can play is either one like concert classical classical song, song yeah. or Hilary Duff. <laughs> and, and I thought you would point that out and be like. <laughs> the fact that Percy can recognise that it's a Hilary Duff song <laughs> just says to me yep. that those two boys had some wild nights jamming <laughs> in their Yancey dorm out to Hilary. <laughs> this is me with the only recollection of a Hilary Duff song is at the end of Cadet Kelly. I'm pretty sure she has a song at the end of Cadet Kelly. I don't think she has one at the end of Cinderella's story. I don't know. And after they've talked about what Grover's hacked... Luke comes running up the hill to give Percy a pair of his dad's flying shoes. Yeah. And we get a bit of Annabeth's crush on Luke. Yeah. But also on Percy. But also Percy's crush on Luke. I said, oh my gosh, it was the it was that Annabeth blush the only time she does when Luke's around. And then Percy gets a gift from Luke and he goes, I was always blushing as much as Annabeth. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. Yes, Percy, we see right through your disguise. I also, um, there's a line that Luke has here that says, just says, a lot of hopes are riding on you. And I really like, knowing what we know, the double meaning of that. Mm. Like, Percy's interpreting that as, oh, all the hopes of the camp and the gods yeah, are riding no. on me. Luke's like, but I hope Luke's, you die. <laughs> yeah, Luke's saying it as, like, I hope. You wear these shoes and get flown down into Tartarus. Like, get I'm really dragged that that's down there. Because, you know, otherwise, my boss isn't going to be happy with me. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, then Luke sort of runs off and Karen goes, Well, he means well, but you can't actually wear those. And so then Percy gives them to Grover mm. and he's like, Oh, I wish I had a fucking magic. He, can, he can't wear them because he can't fly. Like, yeah, he can't. It's yeah. bad for Percy to fly. He gets zappy zappy if he flies. Yeah, so then he gives them to uh, Grover and then he's sort of butt hurt because he doesn't have a. <laughs> you know, a, a magical item. And then. Yeah. A gift from his parents. I wrote a note here because then Chiron pulls out the, the sword, sword to give, the pen yeah. sword to give to Percy. And I just wrote a note that says, Can Chiron read minds? Because in this page and the page after, he's very much like <clears throat> very in tune with what oh, Percy's thinking. We gotta remember, he's dealt with Percy's kind before and he can probably read his expressions. Well, true. So easily. Like, this is very true. He's probably there, like, gazing at the shoes and at Annabeth's cap, going, hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just really funny because Chiron says to Percy uh, to use it only for emergencies. And I'm like, um, Chiron, he doesn't have any other kind of weapon. How do you expect him to survive if he's only using it for emergencies? Why is he going to use it to cut his sausages? <laughs> for breakfast in the You don't have a very large fork. Would that work to cut his sausages? I don't know. I don't know that it would. Interesting. Anyway, so he sort of. Uh, so say like to he needed to go fishing. I mean, wait, does Percy eat fish? No, he doesn't. I don't think so. I promise. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But does Poseidon eat fish? No, he doesn't eat anything besides ambrosia and nectar. Oh, true. Because <laughs> my brain was like, he's something underwater. He's got to hunt in the water. <laughs> when Chiron's handing over the sword, he says it has a long and tragic history. Now, I couldn't remember anything about the sword outside of how it's mentioned in these books, and I don't think it was an actual sword. 
but the history of Riptide in the Percy Jackson books has to do with Zoe Nightshade and, and Hercules, Hercules yeah. that we know from Titan's Curse. Yes. Because I'm it was... Also, with you on this, had no clue about the sword. Yeah. It, I don't think... From everything that I've... names. Well, from everything that I've gone to, like, search, it, it doesn't... It didn't exist outside of these books. Yeah. And so this is something that he's... That Rick's made up for the story. And, like, it helps and it works, whatever. But the... So for the story, the sword was Zoe Nightshade's. And it was gifted to her by her mother, who was a water goddess. Right. And it could turn... The, it, there's some sort of... Um, differentiating theories. It when it was Zoe's, it was a brooch, or it was a hair clip. So kind of the same thing. I remember the hair clip, not yeah. the brooch. It was one of those. And then so she um, when <laughs> a beret. Yeah, when Hercules <laughs> came to the Garden of the Hesperides to steal an apple, she gave him Zoe gave him the sword to yeah. slay the dragon or help him fight Laden the dragon. Yeah. And then because it draws its power from the ocean. That's why Percy can use it because it was gifted to Zoe from her water goddess mm-hmm. parent. Yeah, Pl- uh, her name was Pleone or something, or Ple- Pleone, something like that. I don't know. Your guess um, is as good as mine. <laughs> but yeah, so then after Hercules defeated—I mean, guess at pronunciation—after <laughs> Hercules defeated Laidon, he didn't give Zoe any credit for helping him by gifting him the sword, mm. and so that's, and that's why, why she's pissed off. At him. Yeah, that's why she's pissed yeah. off and doesn't like the sword, and that's why she feels sort of betrayed. Yeah. by Hercules and then she was disowned and banished from the garden because she helped him and um, yeah that was the basis for her hatred of male demigods and the reason why she joined the hunters so that's like the history that we get of the sword in the Percy Jackson universe but there isn't anything that I could find outside of Percy Jackson universe if you know anything and you guys know something that I don't like feel free to just yeah come and tell me because I love learning all that kind of stuff so (laughs) yeah um so but on my track of my thought track of can Chiron read minds I just had like a little note of if he can like because the reason I wrote that is because I'd be hearing a lot of annoying thoughts from teenagers (laughs) that was exactly my thought but the reason that I thought maybe he could read minds is because Percy's thinking of I'm famous for losing these pens at school and then Chiron goes you can't Without Percy having said it. was also his teacher, so. Well, yes. But still. But <laughs> he's probably yeah, like, Percy, where's I... your pen? And he's like, oh. Patting <laughs> yeah. himself down, like, oh. But then my note that I wrote was <laughs> if he can read minds, that just is a lot of drama in between, like, creepy musings. Mm, that to would be also understand why he knows when Annabeth's around, even when she's got a cap on. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> yep. Oh. That's funny. And then uh, they talk about. A little bit more about the mist and why mortals can't see anything from the book though like he kind of doesn't make any mention that demigods can control the mist from here no no at all but we know of demigods who can control the mist yeah hecate's kids well them and hazel and talia the thing that really rubs me the wrong way about talia being able to control the mist though is that she says hasn't to percy hasn't chiron taught you how to do that yet and I, True I was that. like, you never made it to camp. Like, what do you mean? How did you learn to do that? Kyron didn't teach you. Oh my god. True. That's always stuck out like a sore thumb to me because I'm like, what? It's also stuck out kind of like a sore thumb because now that I'm thinking about it, is that um, Hazel learnt from Hecate From herself, the goddess, yeah. And Hecate gifted Hazel with that ability. Yeah. So, 
um, unless Talia... I think it was just something that Fatalia yeah. was right to say at the time to and Rick or like easy to put in there and then but, he didn't really think about it until But after. just in general, um, unless Talia met them on their journeys across, you know, on their way to camp when they were younger, how did she obtain these powers? Like yeah. these specific, specific powers that do not relate to her godly parent at all. Yeah, literally. Like children of Hecate, Hecate can do it because they're children of Hecate. Yeah. And Hazel can do it because she was gifted with that power because the goddess, or is she a titan? No, she's just a minor goddess. Okay. Did she side with the titans one of the wars? Yes. So that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, um, like, she spotted her and went, like, pulled her out on purpose, like, saw her through the crowd and was like, you have the groundings to be a sorceress. Yeah. And you would be a fair and good ruler and yada yada yada. And I was like, I'm going to give you these powers and teach you how to control them. Hmm. What happened to get them? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just like a right place, right time thing. Yeah. That Rick just like put in there not expecting to make yeah. any other reference to it and then That probably is the case. Suddenly just turned it into like a thing. The same as when we meet Blackjack. Blackjack actually starts off being a girl and then Yeah, that's turns annoying to a boy. It was the shit out of me. <laughs> so I'm like make up your mind. <laughs> that's just like a case of But not Rick even not like writing down the facts of things and then sticking <laughs> but, to them. But like not even the reprints do you change it to be like he, he, <laughs> when they yeah. first meet, like, he's still like, no, she. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, it's like, no proof written. So it either makes, yeah, it makes him look stupid that he can't remember his characters, or it makes Percy look stupid that he can't distinguish a male and a female yeah. horse. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get also, uh, in this bit, when they're talking about the mist, Chiron tells Percy to read the Iliad. And I know you haven't read the Iliad, I had to read it for uni. And it's, um. It's like a guidebook, right? Not like a reference book. No. Okay, it's like a story. Okay, the same as the Odyssey. So it's written by the same person who wrote the Odyssey, which is what the Sea of Monsters is based on. Right. The Iliad is the story of the Trojan War and kind of how that started with Paris and Helen and <laughs> Troy. Oh, if you do, read like a modern version of it because reading the old version, because it's written as, it's a poem. Oh, fuck no. But like a novel-sized poem. <laughs> it's massive. And if you do read it in the original <laughs> translation-ish... <laughs> text. Might it takes a really long time and you'll be very confused. Oh, so yeah. I would just more suggest reading like a summary of it. I can't read poems. I remember in English at grade 11 we were reading a poem and everyone was like most, well not everyone, most people were like oh yeah I understand it and I'd be like what? <laughs> yeah. So for the most part it's the story of Achilles during the Trojan War oh, and cool. um, mentions characters like Patroclus and uh, Hector as well as Agamemnon and Menelaus and Paris and... Can I just say I love that name? Agamemnon! Yeah. And, um, different Why do I think and it's I actually, when you said that? I don't want to get into too much of what the Iliad is about, because mm. if you didn't realise, each book in the first series yeah, is based, based on, on a hero, hero, and a lot of the themes from The Last Olympian are based on the Iliad and Achilles, so I kind of want to leave that for <clears> then. Yeah. Same with the Odyssey, like I'll leave that to Sea of Monsters because that's what that's based on. But we get to know in these few chapters that the hero that the first book is based on is Perseus. Hmm. So Obviously. That's really fun. The first few monsters he faces are so solely based around oh, Perseus yeah. and Poseidon, it's like Yeah. You gotta oh, Poseidon because yeah. it's his dad, Perseus because that's the hero. I mean and he also did it that way, like Rick did it that way because It's cool. Well it yeah. <laughs> and he had to name monsters that 
people knew. Yeah, name like names. Like the most famous ones. And it just yeah. all so happened that a lot of them had to do with Poseidon. Yeah. So. Before re-read- before reading Percy Jackson anyway, because I wasn't, you know, familiar with Greek mythology as I, as I more am now, mm. um, didn't realise that Medusa had sisters. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the other two Gorgons, I was like, oh shit. Oh, you didn't realise that before or after you read Furious Olympus? This is before I read Percy Jackson. Oh, okay. Didn't realise. Yeah. I was going to say, because they're in. And also, on and top of that, it says, he says, Medusa says that her sisters faded. And faded to them means that they died, they're yeah, they permanently died. gone. And so, yeah. here he is, again, Rick, you haven't been thinking about what you're doing, mm-hmm. has gone, alright, they faded, they're gone, no longer in the picture. Yeah. What happens in the first book where Percy's mentioned in the next series? Hello, he's being well, because he wasn't, he wasn't planning on having Percy and Annabeth in the second series. Yeah, well, that would have been a huge fucking mistake. Well, yeah. Unless that was he, the mistake unless, with The Lost Hero, and then he was like, oh, I'm gonna fix it, guys, don't yeah. worry. I'm gonna have a whole book about Percy, I don't mean, worry. If he written the, if The Lost Hero had been a more interesting story with more interesting characters, it might have been good. Or better written characters. I just fully, fully believe that all of Heroes Olympus, Heroes of Olympus, had to be written by a team of ghostwriters with Rick's input. I fully believe he did not write them by himself, because there is absolutely no way. Just the way that they're written, the things that they're written about, the, the length of them, the time they were published, like, mm-hmm. everything about them, yeah, it just really points to me, like, he had help, because there's just no way. Big time. Especially with the amount of other books that he was also publishing in those years that Heroes of Olympus was coming out, like, it just wasn't mm-hmm. making sense. If he did do it all by himself, like, props to him. But like, if he did do it, if he did do it by himself, dude, he really had too much should have plate. got people to help him because those ones were kind of shit compared to the first series. <laughs> because, and that's a lot because the first series was just so perfectly well written and so well thought out with yeah. all of its storylines and all of its characters and their arcs and everything. There were so many holes. It never would have measured up, no. ever. No matter how <laughs> long you made it and how many more characters you introduced, and he, you he could have tried harder, but you know, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always easy to say, too, though, that once something's been made, oh, I could have done it this way, it would, like, better, oh, it would yeah. have been better this way, yeah. but there's no guarantee that if it had been written the way that you wanted it to be written, it would have been great, because yeah. then people will always have the, oh, it should have been written people always when it was, or, like, that kind of Conspiracy opinion. theories. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so after talking about the Iliad, Chiron sort of goes on to talk about how immortal the gods are, the go- the gods, they're mm-hmm. pumpkins how immortal the gods are and the ages of the gods and the ages mm. of the gods comes from Hesiod's working days poem so Hesiod was a farmer and he was visited in a dream by the nine muses who basically told him everything and he was like oh, I'm gonna write an epic poem that was like inspired by his dream or whatever right. and so in this book Chiron states that there were four ages and the time of the Titans was the fourth age. So then that would make yeah. the time of the gods the fifth age. Or the West. That's not yeah. how it works in Hesiod's Works and Days. In Hesiod's Works and Days, because this is another one I had to read for university, yes. um, the Golden Age was the first age. And so the Titans were the first age, and that's where the ages started. And then from there, after the Golden Age and the Titanmachy, when they were overthrown by the gods, became the Silver Age, where Zeus was in charge, and the men were put to like humans were put to use after the titans rule yeah. and then the bronze age was after that and it was Zeus was still in charge but it was an age of war and famine and flood 
so yeah. kind of where the Romans coming in. And then you have, oh, not really, because then after that you have the Age of Heroes, which is the one we know, which is the uh, Trojan War, Iliad, Odyssey, like everything that Homer wrote, all during the Age of Heroes. And then after that you have the Iron Age, which is basically the present. Right. But if you're going off what Chiron is saying, and that the Titans were the Fourth Age, then the three ages before him and all the Titans were... The Giants. Well, the age of the giants, basically the children of Gaia and... Yeah, and then there was Gaia, and then Gaia, and then whoever birthed Gaia, yeah? So, we'll go from the very first age, which was Chaos and Nyx. Yeah. And then Chaos and Nyx had a child, or had children, and then the second age was Erebus and Nyx. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The mother. Yeah. And then the third age was... um, (laughs) Aether and oh well the first second the first and second ages are like all mixed like chaos Nyx, Erebus, Hemera and Aether. It's just a bunch of inbreeding. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And then you know the third age was Uranus, Gaia, Tartarus, Eros, and Pontus. And then the fourth age would be Titans, and from there, from there, it's yeah. all very like a lot. It is a lot to deal with. The way that we could go on for ages about it. You can make a whole podcast just about that. Yeah. I mean. An easier, an easier way to understand the ages is the original, the first one you said, which is that the Titans, the Golden Age, was the first age. Yeah, that's far easier to understand. Even though they were, yeah. But Even yes. though there were ages before them, <laughs> claiming that they did didn't happen is just easier. But mm. of course, that's also what they're saying is what humanity does, which I thought was really interesting. Is that one of the lines is. Oh, the lengths that mortal minds will go to fit the truth into their realities. Yep. And I was like, if that doesn't sum up the human mind yeah. so well. Yeah. There's so many things that we will deny, um, reject, um, you know, brutalize just because we are too afraid to try and understand it or because we can't control it. Yeah. And it, or because it scares us. Yeah. And just that whole concept of the mist being our own downfall, our own cushion that is our stupidity. Just humanity. <laughs> it's just a joke. Well, and then so... Anyway. The Chiron goes on to talk about the catalyst so well for... Yeah. Chiron goes on to talk about the catalyst for the New Age or the Western Age or the Iron Age, whatever you want to call it, like the present, yep. and he cites Prometheus as being the inciting incident. And Prometheus was also, like the story of Prometheus was also one of the other parts of Hesiod's Works of Day's poem. Yeah. So, along with talking about the Do ages, this poem he also, no, he okay. also <laughs> talked about Pandora and Prometheus. So, Pandora is so famous. <laughs> yeah, Prometheus, mostly well known for being he a trickster, he was a titan. He brought fire to the humans. See, I didn't even know he was a titan. I yes, he don't, was a titan. Yeah, I just thought he was a, like a minor god. No. And because everyone called him, because, you know, when you think of titans, you think, oh, they're all evil. And when you think of gods, you think, oh, they're all relatively okay. Anyway, mm. so you figured they'd say he's the good one. And so, and he helped develop and build human mm-hmm. and further humanity's evolution by bringing them fire yeah. All well, the see, other things the thing. you just in said, some... he's a trickster, he's a whatever, I didn't know that about him. All I knew is that he brought fires, he just, like, stole fire from somewhere. From the gods. From the, it was from the yeah. gods? Okay. He stole fire from the gods, brought it to humans, and then now he's suffering. 
Yeah. For but eternity. see, the thing is, is because he, in some stories, he's cited as the person who created mortals in the first place. Mm. So he created them and then gave them a gift from the gods, which he shouldn't have given them anyway, and that's why Zeus was so mad. Um, so, and the other reason Just about he was, the gift, though, not about creating them in the first place? No, because then, well, he just, you know, titans and gods in the beginning just saw them as, you know, little playthings, like, not actually... Yeah, action figures. ...things, or... Yeah, literally. And so, the other reason that he was also mad at Prometheus is because he was tricked into eating, accepting bones and fat as a sacrifice instead of meat as well as taking fire to the humans. And so, as the price, his punishment was to basically have his liver eaten out on a rock by eagles every day. Eagles. And the liver just kept regenerating whatever. See, I thought it was crows, and that's why they called a pack of murder. No. Well, they don't murder him, they just eat his liver. I know, but, like, that's just what I thought... What is the origin behind that? Why is the bag of crows called a murder? I've got no idea. It's so strange. Is it because, the, like, that's what you see in movies all the time. After somebody's died, you hear a crow squawking somewhere as if to symbolise a murder. I don't know. But Prometheus was also seen as um, the mortal's preserver because he gave them the arts and the sciences and Guys, we wouldn't a be means here without survival with fire and and you know what? Zeus was cranky in the first place. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> you wouldn't have all these bitches to rape without him. Oh, I know, it's a horrible thing to say, but it's the truth. Okay, so from there, we get them driving into the city and them talking about different... Or Percy with talking with Annabeth about different myths and whatever and the reasons why they shouldn't like each other <laughs> and they sort of hint at Poseidon and his girlfriend in Athena's tavern tavern? temple <laughs> no the drinking beers <laughs> and singing sea shanties so uh, Annabeth and Percy are discussing you know why they shouldn't <laughs> like each other and they sort of hint at uh, why they shouldn't like really into it. they also get into Annabeth's trying to make excuses <laughs> well they also get into the other reasons they don't like each other which is why Athens was named Athens and, and not Pusindi or something like that. No, they say that <laughs> before it was named Athens it was named Attica because the king who was the king of Attica, obviously because he's the king. Right, yes. Kekrops, he was a half man, half snake. And then the gods oh, yeah, that's right. looked down on Attica and were like, Oh, that's a really good land, like we kinda want that. Like us. So they so were like, like e. you should name it after us. Mm. And then so, you know, they had a competition to see who would yep. name, who would be the namesake of the city. And, and he made a saltwater spring. Yes. Poseidon. So Poseidon Ouch. was the first to present his gift. He struck a rock with his trident and caused a spring of water to gush forth from the ground. There are some versions of the story where his gift was a horse. And so I can understand if it was a horse, why they would be like, why do we need that? <laughs> I don't think like, what happens would be like, mm, we really need that. But his, see, but his, it was a salt water spring. So see, this is the thing. The it's water not like spring you can drink from it. <laughs> it was supposed to be an assurance to the citizens of Athens that they would never go through a drought again. Ah. And but then they were like, "This is salt water because you're the king of the sea. This isn't really all that helpful." And he was like, "Well, it is, but you know." And then so <laughs> Athena went next, and she planted the seed in the ground, and it turned into. The olive tree, which is a symbol of peace and prosperity and wisdom and triumph. 
In also, some versions of the story, she struck the ground with her spear, and then the tree appeared. Right. Um, potato, potato, really. <laughs> yeah. But then, so, the people of Athens liked the olive tree better because it gave them food, oil, and firewood. Uh, and so then, they claimed her as their benefactress. Yes. And then, <laughs> and after was that, like, mob boss, yeah. what? <laughs> after that, in Athens, uh, the regrowth, actually, of that olive tree, supposedly, the same olive tree still stands in Athens in modern times. And um, the punishment for cutting down an olive tree in the age of the gods was death. Sick. So, but they use it for firewood. They would just cut off branches. Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then we get into some really fun stuff. They're just passing the time on the train, throwing or playing hacky sack with Wait, what? An apple on the train. I mean, the bus. I was gonna say. I was Playing like, happy no, I didn't read that chapter yet. An apple. Yep. And then Grover eats a hole. <laughs> yeah. This is go. the thing that I wanted to talk about, though. Do you know yes, about, about the, apple? the throwing an apple to yeah. a woman in Greece? Is Which is so in. I think <laughs> the chapter after this. Annabeth tries to say to Percy, oh, actually, there's something funny about back there that I want to tell you, and she doesn't like to get into it. But this is what she was talking about. Is that what she was talking Yeah, this is what she was talking about. So when they're throwing the apple and whatever, it's bouncing around between them, blah, 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 and then Percy tosses it to Grover, and Grover eats it. There are some beliefs in ancient Greece that by tossing an apple to someone across however big of a space... Oh, it was just a woman, though. And they caught it... It was a marriage proposal. <laughs> so, technically... She technically grew up eating it. Was like, so, yeah, yeah, they're engaged now. So they're, that's, they're that's the love. funny thing Shall that she forever. was referring to. But the reason that... That's all fucking hilarious. Well, the reason that it was considered a marriage proposal, in some cases, in other cases, it was just considered a ploy at seduction. And it's because apples were sacred to Aphrodite after the golden apple thing. Yeah. Them fighting over the apple and causing... Trojan yeah. War and whatever. That's where that comes from. So yeah, <laughs> I just think that's really fun. Guys in Grover now engaged, and then you add in, you know, the the empathy link that they have in. in the yeah, head. they're just closer than any. It's like Rick, if you were braver, you would have made it a real thing. People would have been pissed off that that <laughs> didn't happen, but you also had, would have mentioned it. We also had a fun note here for when the Furies get on the bus. Why am I getting real Schmidt and Nick vibes when I think about <laughs> Percy and Grover's relationship? Just how Grover uh, slash Schmidt just shamelessly love Nick slash Percy. Alternatively, Winston CC vibes. Babe. Oh, babe. 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 <laughs> We love you, girl. <laughs> it's so good. I also had a comment, just a... I had a little sticky note. Can't find my drowning marks anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, on this saying. page as well. Percy calls the Furies in his head triplet demon grandmothers. And I just yep. thought, if he hadn't... If Rick hadn't already had the three all ladies in pants title for one of the chapters, then this could have been like a great yeah, title for triplet one. triplet demon grandmothers. Yeah. That would have been a great title. What was the title instead? I ruined a perfectly good bus. Oh, dude, you it's still like though. okay, but it could have been cooler. Could have been cooler. Anyway, so yeah, the Furies get on the bus and Percy puts on the cap and I tries just, to escape. And I just remember is that all of a sudden he specifically knows Annabeth grabbed my leg. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. like, "What? <laughs> what?" 
<laughs> she was like, look, there's people getting on the bus. That's besides the point. He just, <laughs> I grab my leg. Wow, Percy. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so then, you know, fight scene, fight scene, there's not much to say. The Furies are looking for something. Mm. Percy's semi-escaped to the front of the bus, and then he, to his save Grover and Annabeth, oh yeah. shows. Oh yeah. His fatal flaw. He could have jumped off the bus, but then instead, you know, yeah, makes it careen off the road and whatever, and then... Which, let's be real, if anyone was put in that position, like, what would you do if you were put in that position? Would you bolt, or would and let them be, like, murdered, or would you stay... See, what I would have done is I would have been like, hey, to get their attention, made sure they were all coming after me, and then I would have bolted off the bus. The fact that he still stood there after he got their attention and, like, started running, I was like, dude, you good. Yeah, I don't really know what I would have done. Get them to follow him. Um, I'm not, like, a confrontation person. I know you're not, but... (laughs) Um, but also don't know if I love my friends that I've known for two weeks he likes Rover <laughs> I mean I realise like Annabeth is like his person but he loves Grover you try and help this is Grover. true they did jam to Hillary Duff together they did <laughs> they're best friends for a year now he's in the sixth grade yeah, I really don't know what I would do yes Grover's 28 what <laughs> I feel like I would be really cowardly and just run because they told me to, and I don't make decisions well by myself, so <laughs> someone else told me to do something, and I'll be like, yep, okay. That's a really bad <laughs> look into who I am. That's Slytherin. Self-preservation above all We also get a point of when Percy pulls out the sword, and Mrs. Dodds looks at it and hesitates, like it's the first moment of a monster being, knowing who Percy is and knowing what his weapon is, and he's yeah. being afraid, and I'm like, yes. And you're like, yes, Percy, strike fear into the monsters, not the other way around. <laughs> and we also get <laughs> Percy saying, eat my pants in Latin, <laughs> which yeah. is funny, but also, why didn't he say it in Greek? Mm. More on that to come later about mm. my theories as, about Percy as a demigod. <sighs> I don't know. I can't. I don't want to say them because they sort of later. I know they sort of they relate to this series and also the next series, and I kind of don't want to spoil anything until we get to. Has it got anything to do with Frank? I mean, no, but like it could. It could, but no. I'm so intrigued. What are your theories? Oh, you're gonna have to wait till Son of Neptune. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, well, so that's pretty just much eat my pants. What a great comeback. Yeah, that is a great comeback. <laughs> and then, the, yeah, the chapter ends with them running away from the bus after it's struck by lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Everyone's Which is all, another all thing. mortals survive. Zeus, he's gonna go and find your bolt. Don't shoot him yeah. with lightning. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's like, dude. <laughs> whack job. So then we've got to, finally, chapter two. Oh my goodness, we took a really long time to get through that first chapter. Chapter 2, I mean chapter 11. The second chapter Chapter of what we're looking at today, but it is chapter 11. So, in chapter 11, we visit the Garden Gnome Emporium. The trio allude to a roadside cement statue warehouse where a veiled woman gives them free food. But oh no, the woman is Medusa. The trio must form together to avoid being turned to stone instead of beheading her. Oh, instead, beheading her. (laughs) And sending the severed head to Olympus as a message. Which Percy is so sassy of. What do we think of this chapter, Joe? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. It I is pretty good. Concerned. Yes. About so it says in that chapter that Percy's under this really drowsy, sleepy spell yeah. that he's put on her. Yeah. Why isn't Anna? She's like put on him, you mean? Sorry, yes. 
she's put on him. Why is Annabeth like that too? She ate the food as well, but she's sharp as a tack the yeah, entire time. Like, I didn't have much. Did she specifically, did Medusa specifically put something in Percy's food? Or is he feeling the effects more? Or, because he's beside the sun, probably. Yeah, or is it just Percy's fucking stupid? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have much to say about this chapter because apart from Percy's obliviousness to what's going on and who mm. she is, it's mostly just a fight scene and whatever. Also, but come on, Rover. How long did it take you? That looks like my uncle food. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I will say you that know he gets freaking turned to stone by a Medusa. Why were you so surprised? Why did it take you so long to connect the dots? Well, the three things that I noted about this chapter were, one, Percy's really, really slow on the uptake. Oh my god. Two, the whole names have power thing went out the window with Mm -hmm. this chapter. They're dropping her name left and right. Like, Mm -hmm. left and fucking right. And I understand it's because they can't look at her. And so they have to get the message to dumbass Percy, like, don't look at her. She's Medusa. She will fucking kill you. And the whole time she's... And this is basically just hyping her up, like, oi, Medusa, I am Medusa. What (laughs) are (laughs) they? Like, just, oh... Not really helping. And She's anyway, just vibing. <laughs> the other thing that I picked up on was because they're lured there by it smelling really good. Yeah. I think it's in Sea of Monsters when they're talking about monster donut shops about how yeah. uh, franchises often come up in heaps of places because they're monster run places. Is it like a thing that monsters in Who's such Macca's run by fast then? food pl- Oh, Nico would point love that. <laughs> but like. I is it like a thing for fast food places that are run by monsters and whatever to have something in their food to make them smell even better? Or are these guys just, are these guys just really hungry? That's a good question. Moving on. <laughs> oh, you don't have an answer? <laughs> yeah, Even I don't have an answer. Or a thought or anything? No, not at okay. all. I wasn't, don't have any thoughts on that just because my brain's too preoccupied about what we're going to talk about next. Because I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, Joe knows what's so coming. I'm so excited to talk about it. Before we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> they call the Garden of Emporium a snack bar. Well, then it has a snack bar. And yeah. I just went, oh, our podcast title. It is. Not exactly the reference to our podcast title, but no, fairly but close. We just thought it was funny that, you know, this isn't the first snack bar they've come across. Yeah. And Uncle Ferdinand as well. Like, love him. Oh, Sad bro. for him, but like, love him. Come on, dude. Yeah, and then so we get the... the fa- also, another of them, they're like, Annabeth was just dismissing Grover being like, I smell monsters. No, you don't. Shut up. is all clogged up. She's all clogged up. He's like, dude, what Annabeth's the fuck? hubris thinking she knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, In that scenario, Annabeth, you're a wanker. <laughs> before we get into the story of Medusa, because I really disagree with how she's portrayed in this book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that she's in this book because... Obviously, Rick's a teacher. He's putting mm-hmm. these myths into these books so mm-hmm. that kids who don't know about them mm-hmm. learn about Greek mythology. Like, that's mm-hmm. what he's doing, and that's... Um, this is also the problem. <sighs> anyway, keep going. Well, like I was going to say... it's a bad thing? Well, alongside... Why is it a bad thing? Keep going. Well, alongside these books being a hero's journey and whatever, him basing each one after one famous Greek hero just puts the beats of the story into line yeah. already and lets you know, or if you know the story, obviously, if you know the Greek hero that it's about, it sort of gives you a hint as to what challenges the characters are going to face and, you know, yeah. how they're going to defeat them, but he leaves enough mystery, because it is a middle grade book, yeah. he leaves enough mystery for 
the reader's first time them to kind of figure it out by themselves from what they already know and put the pieces together and he does this because he Rick before he wrote Percy Jackson was a mystery writer like that genre yeah. he wrote books in that genre first so he's good at you know putting little hints in at either the start of the book or mentioning things once or yeah. twice or you know leading up to the big reveal of things which I really like yeah I think they're really clever Cl- clever clever so just on the concept that Rick is a teacher. Yes. He's a school teacher. He's here to teach you. Both inform and open your mind to multiple possibilities, to answers of questions and queries. And yet here he is. In, he's done this for many of the different stories that uh, he's represented in mm. this series. He only ever shows one type of story he doesn't leave any hint you know that maybe there was an injustice or that there's a different type of like that there is a different version he definitely picks one side of the story and he picks one side of the story and it's a very biased view and that Mm. this these are the things that i don't like about the way the book is written and the things that i think rick did wrong was that yes he left no interpretation that hey maybe you're, you're telling is wrong or maybe hello Stories are told by the winners. Mm. Um, it's literally told in Trials of Apollo when Apollo is talking about how he beat the py- like he um, defeated Python when he was um, gaining the Oracle Delphi. Yeah. He literally says, as in Apollo in the book says, I may have exaggerated how easily I defeated Python and that um, he was actually a very worthy opponent. He was very hard to beat and it, it nearly killed yeah. me, like nearly destroyed me. Yep. Him. Like, that is just an example that, hello, the winners can manipulate the story as much as possible because there's no one to oppose them of what's the difference. And so here Rick is telling the winner's side of the story, which is a biased point of view, and he's not giving any options to view it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Because as an example, I never viewed this, I never viewed the story of Medusa in a different way to until what's being said here yeah to what's being said here or to what's being said in the most because be, in the most popular story that comes yep. up most popular version i never viewed it a different way until literally oh, i told you no well it, no it was a few years ago now i just i read about it just while i was you know reading stuff about the fandom and it was just one girl went on a preach about how um Medusa was a feminist and so like that was just one statement I read Medusa was a feminist and I went what? No, Medusa was the evil person, she was the one who was turning everyone to stone Mm -hmm. Um, and for what reason yada 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 and this was before I realised why she was turned to stone and then it showed the real truth behind the whole story a different perspective from a different person and saying hey this is probably more accurate to what people are really, like to what Um, I'm assuming men are saying that this is a real story. Like there was, there was one version. History is very much suppressed. The truth of her story, or like it what really probably ha- actually happened. It really has. Like they're not taking into account the reality yeah. of the situation, and they totally manipulated it to seem like Medu- Medusa's in the wrong, and yeah. that it's all her fault. When mm-hmm. in reality, excuse me, Poseidon. Yeah. How dare you do that to yeah. her? How dare you, for one, humiliate her like that, but you're also disgracing her memory and using what you did to her 
as a victory above others. Yeah. So to give some context to everything that Joe's saying, I will tell you the story of Medusa that we think is probably more accurate. That we think is more accurate and fits better to history. Yeah. And before I get into it, not this, not just this the overarching theme of it is that the gods are dicks and they always have been and they always will be. That's always and will be. what we're getting at. So the story that's told in the Percy Jackson books is that Poseidon and Medusa were dating and then they got together in Athena's temple and then she disgraced... Athena disgraced her. Yeah. Yeah disgraced Medusa for desecrating the temple because it was so disrespectful or whatever. What actually happened was Poseidon was still pissed that Athena won the title for Athens, and so Medusa was the only mortal one of her sisters. Her two sisters were immortal, and so she was mortal, and she was actually a virgin uh, priestess for Athena, and so she worked at Athena's temple, basically. And then Poseidon came across her one day, and decided to basically rape her on the steps of the temple and leaving Medusa vulnerable and weak. And then so, Mm. obviously, in that state, Medusa prayed to Athena for forgiveness because in those days... The fact that she had to pray for forgiveness for being raped is Well, in those days, the gods claimed their sexual partners as their wife or their husband, like, in marriage, which made... Yeah, which made Medusa no longer a virgin and also no longer single. And so you had to be both to be a priestess. And yeah. so it disrespected and offended Athena because it was done in her temple. And um, it violated her rules that priest- priestesses have to remain virgins for their whole life. And which so is then, what Medusa planned to do in the first yes. place. And so then Athena she felt like... She was taken advantage of yeah. and she was... Oh my so God, then so Athena angry felt right like now. Medusa had betrayed her and so she cursed Medusa and she gave her snakes for hair and chicken legs and metal wings and just cracked her skin like old concrete and sent her insane and then cursed her so that anyone who looked directly in her eyes would turn to stone which is the myth that everyone knows Um, and so because she was now a monster she was banished away from civilization onto an island all by herself and then years later Perseus came, or Poseidon didn't give Medusa any help in this time, even though he's technically his wife, um, didn't give her any help and whatever, basically, was just like a big fuck you to Athena, that's all it was. And so so then Perseus, Percy Jackson's namesake, came to slay her, Um, he'd been given a shield by Athena so that he didn't have to look right at her, he'd Mm -hmm. been given flying shoes just like Hermes, like the ones that we've seen Luke just give to Percy and he was given a crown from Zeus and so he managed to outsmart her with these gifts, outsmart Medusa with these gifts and then he beheaded her. What he didn't know and what nobody knew is that when Poseidon raped her he'd actually impregnated Medusa and so when Poseidon beheaded her from her neck sprouted her two children so her first, so her only two children were the first Pegasus whose name was Pegasus and a giant golden warrior whose name was uh, Chrysor. And then he, Perseus took the head of Medusa, leaving Pegasus and Chrysor on the island to do whatever. He took the head of Medusa back to the gods and then Athena turned it into a shield. Basically pressed Medusa's head into a shield so that it would terrify all of her enemies for all time. Yep. And so yeah, that's basically, that's what we think. And is even, more accurate to what happened rather than the cookie cutter, you know, sort of 
what's the word? PG version? Yes, well basically, yeah. yeah. The PG version of what happened. Basically just saying instead that Poseidon and Medusa were girlfriend and boyfriend and that they just did it in Yeah, that everything was consensual. Mean. Yeah. Oh. So makes, makes me it also makes me so angry. Because the whole idea that women are supposed to have each other's backs and supposed to be understanding and more sympathetic in these situations because, hello, it could happen to a any of us and the whole point is that we're supposed to be there for each other. Mm. But Athena's a god and she's never had that, she's never had that kind of thing happen to her because, hello, she is the god of, like, of war. What's the word? Like theory, <laughs> Warcraft. Craft. That's the word. <laughs> oh my god, that's just what I'm saying. But she's the god of Warcraft, and she can look after herself, and she's immortal, and you know, no one would dare step to her. Yeah. So, and, you know, yeah, she's all powerful, and she has this power to smite people whenever they want. Just the fact that Medusa was your faithful priestess for however many how old she was, mm -hmm. and she was always there, and she was. Treated like right. shit by another god. She just was treated another, like shit by another god. And which then, is basically the story of every mortal woman who's ever come across a god ever. Yes, but she was she was treated like shit like another god who did it in to hurt you in, on purpose. And instead of rising above and showing, um, you know, compassion. compassion and kindness and forgiveness and understanding, yeah. you decided to do what I'm assuming Poseidon planned in the first place. You punished her mm -hmm. for something that she had no control of and that she never wanted in the first place. And it was never her fault to begin with. Yeah. And so just how unfairly treated Medusa was. I'm so angry right now. I could yeah. start crying out of frustration just because that is... Oh, that's the, it's the most horrible scenario I can think of. And... The scenario is just a real, like, this story is just a reflection of what women still go through nowadays. Oh, yeah, like nothing's changed. Like, nothing has changed. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like, just among us as people. It happens all the time. Us turning on each other so quickly and not looking out for one another and not being compassionate, caring, and understanding and forgiving. Mm. It never happens. And the rare times it does... The fact that, you know, where we have to point out and applaud these rare t Like, the fact that they're rare. The rare times that it happens. Why am I saying rare? It should never be rare. We should always be working to help each other as... Oh, I can't. I've got to stop talking. I'm going to go on such a long rant. I could talk about this for so long and I, we'd just be going in circles. Yeah. Until finally... The world changes, and it won't. And I mean, it is not like important things to talk about. It's not like it's oh. going to be swept under the rug or anything. And that's the another point is that they tried to sweep like yeah. Greek, people who wrote Greek mythology tried to sweep this under the rug. I mean, it kind of makes it in the context bearable. of what Rick's writing it in. Like she's Medusa's got this. Uh, she's obviously got you know harbored feelings about Poseidon and Athena and Percy because of Perseus, and those are all you know. Yeah. They're like, well, fair enough. Like, obviously, yeah. you should have problems with these things because of your past and whatever. Definitely. But yeah, just the way that the reasons that Rick's giving don't line up with the animosity that Medusa is showing for them. I mean, like, they kind of do because mm. Athena still 
turned her into this monster and so like that would enough that alone would be enough to be like I hate you for this like you've ruined my entire life but yeah because it adding... was like I loved you and this is what you yeah. did to me and I realised that yeah. Rick can't talk about these more graphic themes in these middle grade books because obviously they're middle grade books yeah, for children but he definitely like I think should have made more of an effort to maybe keep it a little bit more secret so that people would go looking for the actual truth yeah. and not just saying this is what happened this is what happened because otherwise you'll get people who go and through yeah. and it was like, otherwise you'll get people who go through these books and go oh this is what happened I don't need to look into it further exactly which is just not the case yeah which is what I mean is like as a teacher you should always leave room for people to question what you're saying that's the whole point that's how we learn and we grow yeah is that we question even what authorities are telling us oh yeah and we find out what we need and they and we look into and we develop the information Mm -hmm. as much as possible and gain as much as possible to create Mm -hmm. a better a bigger picture and a better understanding he didn't leave room for that and that is what i'm criticizing you for yeah rick on the other hand of this, this scene is really good. Like, the actual a... fight scene itself. Oh, yeah. This is one of the main things that people remember from this book, obviously, because it's Perseus versus Medusa again. That's what people yeah. remember. And it's just, like, a really good scene. Yeah. And I wrote a note that this is one of the only scenes done really, really, really well and really true to the books in the movie, aside from, like, the reflection in the iPhone. I really have a... I don't like that. But, um... I thought it was funny, because I was I like, think that... I love looking at the age of movies and being like, huh, it was an iPhone 3 that he used at the time. Well, I just think that Uma Thurman did a fantastic job as Medusa in the movie. Oh, yeah. Did you know that um, Uma Thurman is... What's the... Ch- who's the chick from Stranger Things 3, who's Steve's ice cream parlor friend? Oh, um, Leslie or, or Robin. Robin. That wasn't even close to Leslie. Did you know that Robin is Uma Thurman's daughter? I don't even know who Uma Thurman. All I think is she wanted to dance like Uma Thurman. Carry me till I can pass. That's all I think of when you say Uma Thurman. Well, she's an actress. She was obviously. in Pulp Fiction and Percy Jackson. Obviously, her most well-known role. <laughs> <laughs> Imagining someone being walked up to besides Logan Logan and being like, you've been Percy Jackson movie, weren't you? (laughs) Uh, Just the yardstick for, of which all other movies should be (laughs) be measured against. Yeah, that's like, um, you know, everyone being like, oh, you were from Twilight, you were from Harry Potter. Being like, yes, that is the yardstick. But yeah, so the things that are mentioned in this fight scene obviously are Perseus with, he doesn't have a shield, to use a reflection off. He has the, the glass, glass ball, ball instead. Yeah. People call them gazing balls, and they say that in this book. I'd never heard them called that before. Oh. But I guess it makes sense, because like, I could watch them for hours. I don't understand. What, what does he pick up? I so, just you know, on the top of like, water features, how there's the ball with the water that comes out oh, that. over the top? Yeah. I Those think things that's, are heavy! I think that's what it is. They're pure concrete! Like a bowling ball. They're pure concrete. Maybe they're not. I don't really know, because they, they turn. They said it was a glass ball. Okay, I'm probably wrong then. Maybe that's not what that is. Yeah. Anyway, but then they have Grover with the flying shoes, which is what um, hey. Perseus had in the original story. So I like that he's putting yeah. these things. And it's really showing in like here. the spread of power, that yeah. like power. spread of power yeah. abilities, yeah. spread of the story between three different characters. Yeah. So anyway, they get um, they behead her and whatever, and then Percy gets his little moment of like "fuck you" to the gods and puts yeah. it in a box and mails it to Olympus, which I think is really funny yeah, because yeah. I don't think I don't think the head can turn. Immortals to stone. I don't think it works like that. So no, if they no, open no. the box, they'll just be like, ew. <laughs> not like, <laughs> and then freeze forever. Like, I don't think that's. Maybe it'd give them like a migraine <laughs> or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe they'll just get like stiff joints for a while and they're gonna loosen up. <laughs> but I just love it because Grover says, um, they're not gonna like that. They'll think you're impertinent. And then Percy, probably not knowing what impertinent means, yeah. says, I am impertinent. <laughs> like, I did love just that. Just very indignantly, like, yes, this, this is what I am. I don't care what you call me. <laughs> Which is just such a great because personification I, of Every Percy time I himself. read this, I have to keep reminding myself Grover's 28. <laughs> 45. I'm just, I'm gonna make that age bigger and bigger every time I mention his age. Well, He's 107. I'm just gonna keep saying 28, you say whatever you want. Anyway. You guys can believe whatever you feel like. Like, Grover's 28 in this He's one. an old man in the sixth grade. Percy's 14. No, he's not. He's 12. <laughs> he's 12. So he must be 24. But yeah, that's, that's where chapter 11 ends. And then chapter 12, which is very short, um, it's called We Get Advice from a Poodle. And the trio try to catch some sleep in the woods of New Jersey. Percy takes first watch and uncovers a piece of Grover's past with Annabeth. Percy also tells Grover his true plan for going to the underworld, which Grover already kind of assumed. <laughs> Grover's like, I can read your emotions, dick one. Yeah, and when <laughs> Percy wakes again in the morning, Grover has made a new friend out of a rich poodle who's run away from home, who gives them information about how to continue on their way to the West. It is a fairly short chapter and mostly... Say, you made the chapter sound way longer than it actually yeah. is. <laughs> I probably wrote as much as was in this chapter yeah. <laughs> for the recap. Like, legit, you don't need to read the chapter now. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they don't... Um, They just kind of talk a lot about stuff that happened in this chapter. Oh, they just talk about Pan, really, and about... They do. I didn't do any research on Pan because we kind of... You can kind of guess who Pan is. He's the Lord of the Wild. Like, he's he's in charge of all the wildlife and the yeah. earth apart from Gaia. Like, he's that god. And he's presents himself as a satyr, and, and that's was, why the um, satyrs are drawn to him. Yeah, he was the god that the satyrs and nymphs and naiads worshipped. He was their... their ben- he was their benefactor. He was their life-giving source. He loved... Like, they worshipped him because, hello, that's... The earth yeah. and the wild, that's what satyrs and nymphs and naiads value, so... Yeah. He represented everything that they... He was the god of everything that everything they, they believe in. Believe in. That's yeah, right. it is kind of sad that no searcher has ever come back. Like, yeah. and then I thought, like, if you were a satyr, you could either believe one of two things: you could believe that everyone who's gone searching for Pan has died, or everyone They're who's gone searching for him. Pan <laughs> has found him and lived and then never come. I'm never going back. Yeah, they're just partying with him. <laughs> and then when I imagined that second scenario, I imagined like. You know the acorn heaven from yes from, <laughs> from, from ice age, the ice age. Yep. yeah where where yeah. scrap flies scrap and he's like oh it's my god that's that's all I can imagine once I imagine that second scenario I was like oh that's fucking perfect like that is exactly <laughs> what this is that's exactly where they're all at they're just living yep. it up in friggin' pan of the wilds wilds you know palace oh absolutely his his ground <laughs> we also after he's talking about being a searcher. Um, he talks about Annabeth and how Annabeth has managed to forgive Grover and then yeah. he jumps on it and goes, wait, you said that was five years ago. Annabeth came to camp five years ago. Finally, so he, he's being smart. Yeah, he's, he's putting he's things putting together. Two and two together. It's taken him, he said he was at camp for two weeks, so it's taken him two oh, weeks. Fuck, guys, but he's Percy, still, come on. <laughs> he's got there eventually, you know? <laughs> like that's, eventually, but uh, not today. He's slow on the uptake, but he gets there. He's trying, guys. Oh. He's just... <laughs> You've had one too many hits yeah. to the head. <laughs> and then they talk That's about how the Furies on the bus were asking or demanding where is it, not where is he. And yeah. so Grover's starting to question whether their quest to the underworld is even 
no necessary. Are they, yeah, are they, should they yeah. be going to the underworld? No, she's like, I don't fuck, for, I'm going there anyway. Should they be searching for the Master Vault like everybody else is, you know? Yeah. Her yeah. is like, I don't give a shit, I'm going there to find my mum. And Grover's like, yeah, big fucking surprise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Percy tells Grover that his reason for going to the underworld is not for the Master Vault, it's for his mum, which Grover's shit. like, dude, I know, like, I already kind of got that. He's like, I can read your emotions, you dumbass. Yeah, and, and, and like, while no. he's talking about his emotions, <laughs> Percy, yeah, he sort of starts telling Percy that you mailed that head to um, Olympus because you wanted your dad to notice you and notice that you were doing what was expected of you, but you weren't happy about it. Like, that's what you wanted yeah. him to know. And Percy's like, you don't know anything about me. And Grover's like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I know you. He's like, we're engaged, I know. Yeah. And then <laughs> Percy goes to sleep angry. Grover he's lulls an angsty him to sleep boy. with that piano concerto number 12. Yes. I really wish that he'd love him to sleep, sleep with Hilary Duff, but you know, yeah. that's just me. And then we get into his dream. It is Kronos, Joe. What? The voice under the ground. It is Kronos. Okay, it is him? Yeah. Okay. Well, it has to be, because... It... Well, that's in this dream, though. It may not apply to oh, all Oh, come of on, Joe. It would be all of them. Alright. I Wouldn't it? Okay, wouldn't well... It make sense? Okay, well, okay, but in the first two dreams, then, when wouldn't they're still on the beach... Wouldn't it make sense for Kronos still to be... Yeah, yeah. Okay, but the on the, in the first two dreams, when he's hearing the voice underneath, yeah. it is Kronos, but Percy's interpreting it as Hades. Ma yeah, possibly. Does that sound right? Because imagine <sighs> reading this for the, imagine reading this for the first time, not knowing who Kronos is. Exactly, and right. so you just assume under the ground, the underworld, Hades. But but maybe but you would already assume that because the dream comes after the first chapter where Chiron has made. Percy talk about Kronos and how then he was chopped into a thousand pieces and Ow, thrown into Tartarus. So that if you're reading it for the first time, you might my still head the first remember time. that. <laughs> that went way over my head the first time. So, I mean, but some people are more perceptive than you, Joe. <gasps> Fuck off! <laughs> you cow! God, I hate you. I'm smart. <laughs> Stop wheezing! Please excuse my wheeze long. It only happens when something is so Hey! Funny. Hey! <laughs> But yeah, so it is Kronos. Like he's talking from under the under the earth, and he's talking about how um, in his they've box. mild you, boy. Barter with me, I'll give you what you want. That, that's not that's not that's not Hades talking. What you trying to say, Kronos? No, cut that out. That's <laughs> what like, you trying to say, Kronos? What you want from me, baby? <laughs> what you want from me, darling? <laughs> All right. And yeah, so then Percy wakes up after. Kronos basically tells him to wake up. Yeah. Or that he urges the dead to tell him to wake up anyway. Annabeth wakes him up. This is, this is after he's um, threatened Percy, or like tempted Percy with his mum, and being like, I could yeah. better live. Like, she's over here. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some candy, you want to get in my van? Yeah, literally, that's the vibes we're getting from him. Like, dude, got uh, balls come. But then as soon as he wakes up, up, as soon as he wakes up, Annabeth goes, well, the zombie lives, and Percy's just like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. It's like, inaudible, and his face is like, <laughs> And then the Not thing that Annabeth person. says next is something that I would absolutely say. Long enough, oh, Percy asks, how long was I asleep? And Annabeth goes, long enough for me to cook breakfast, and then just hands him yeah. a packet of chips. I would do that. Yeah, long enough <laughs> to cook breakfast. Oh, That's brilliant, yeah. So yeah, then Percy sees Grover sitting cross-legged with um, something fuzzy in his lap that's dirty and unnaturally pink. Ugh. 
And then Percy goes, oh wait, it's not a stuffed animal, it's actually a pink poodle. Who people dyes who, a dog pink? People who dye their dog's fur, I just... How dare like, you? I realise you can get, you know, stuff that doesn't harm animals, but it just looks dumb. Like, what are you... I don't understand like, why... you absolute cop knob. Don't do that. It's not hurting the dog in any way, but like, why put them through that? It just, it just makes why you look so Why put them through the humiliation? Obnoxious. Makes you look so obnoxious. Anyway, Percy finds out, finds out that Grover turn, can talk to... The poodles and Grover's like, "What? You can talk to it?" And the poodle is a boy, but its name is Gladiola. Okay. What? What? His that's an old his lady owners name. are assholes. That's an old lady name. His owners are assholes. They died in pink. This has to be like a miniature poodle, right? Because poodles are massive. Yeah, gigantic. It'd How's be it bigger gonna... than Grover. Yeah, I would think. It's got to be a puppy of some kind. I would think it would be like a miniature poodle, like a mini one. Yeah. Like the size of a balloon animal. <laughs> Unless poodle. Rick really, he's not a dog person, so he doesn't he actually really doesn't know, know how big dogs are. And you're like, dude, a poodle is huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then forcing him to say hello to the poodle, and he's saying, I'm not saying hello to a pink poodle. Forget it. And then Annabeth says, Percy, says, Percy, I said hello to the poodle, you say hello to the poodle. And Percy's just like, I said hello to the poodle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally just submitting to Annabeth. I love it so much. And anyway, so then the family who's lost Gladiola is only posting $200 for his return. Must not love him that much and must not be that rich. I, if we lost either one of our oh dogs, I would be like, I will give you my house. <laughs> and then my dog and I won't have a house, but I'll give it to you. But because I'll have I just my want my dog back. And anyway, and so then Percy's like, how does, how does he know that that's how much they're asking for him? But uh, Grover says, well, he can read like, the signs. He read the signs, duh. And then if dogs can read signs... I'm about to write a whole love letter to my dogs because even though they can hear me professing my love <laughs> to them, I need them to read it just in case they don't believe me because I do. I love them so much. I don't say that to people, but I'll say it to my puppies. But yeah, so, so that's yeah, pretty much the that's end the of the three chapter. Chapters. And yeah, that's basically the end of it. Like, it's a very short chapter, a little bit of exposition, not really all that much. It's more about. Nah. It's more the focused on the chapters for the two before. This yeah. is more like a transition chapter. But this one's mostly focused on the dream sequence. Like, that was the main point of this chapter. Yeah. And so, I realised that it... I mean, it could have had a better title, really. Not yeah. just a cost of poodle or whatever. I find a talking poodle or whatever the title could was. could be Annabeth remember. Makes Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> or Annabeth is the best character in the book. Or, <laughs> you know, just anything more accurate even though there's not much more accurate than stating exactly what happens. <laughs> but how do we feel about these three chapters, Joe? Yeah, good. I'm so I, excited we're finally getting into, like, the beach of the story. I'm glad I got to talk about the injustice <laughs> of Medusa. Yeah. Oh, Medusa, yeah. however you want to say her name. We've got, like, a little bit to chat, too. This has only been an hour and ten minutes, and I've got stuff to cut out, so... Oh, you really need to go to the bathroom. No, I'm going to make you sit here. So fucking bad. But I just, I get more excited with every episode that we do because it gets us closer to the Tunnel of Love chapter. Yeah. Which is my favourite chapter of the whole I knew book. you were going to mention this I cannot point. wait for that chapter to be shown in the television show. I and if it's not, if the embarrassment and awkwardness on Percy and Annabeth's faces, I'm not going in there with you! Like, <laughs> If that's not shown, <laughs> if that's not shown on my television screen when the show comes out, I will be extremely annoyed. <laughs> I don't even remember what we're talking about, apart from oh, Percy. right, we're just talking about how we feel. You were How's getting up on, feeling you were getting back up on your soapbox about Medusa, which oh, such a big soapbox. <laughs> Joe, we've got so many more episodes to come, and you can get up on your soapbox about those two. Like, I just, I, I need. I we need have so many more people. female 
gods or goddesses to get into whose stories are oh, very much similar. I just ha- I just need like, people to understand. Just wait until we get into the Titan's Curse and we can talk about Persephone. Holy. Or even at the end of this book. Oh, fucking Persephone. <laughs> She's amazing. Anyway. I Guys, just... if there are things that we miss in episodes that you want us to talk oh, about. Oh, please tell please us. Please tell us and we can like bookend... We, well, we can talk about them in the next episode and be like, oh, yeah. such and such mentioned this, and so we've yeah. gone on to read about this, and, and, like, talk about this, and then we'll get into the episode, and it'll be really fun. So just, we want you guys to engage with us, and it's going to be super awesome thoughts. balls. I am really showing my age here with this podcast. You can find us on all of the places that you find podcasts, including, 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 including Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Shameless plug, I don't even care. Solid. Nice. <laughs> what a good mix. I mean, do you have anything else to say about these chapters? I mind. Okay, what's what's your other I said might, I don't know actually. Might or mind? Might is what I said. Oh, well what else but do I you say? I don't Okay, I can't well, stop teasing me. This is just rude. Well, you have a theory that you won't share with me and I'm Yeah, because it's it's about like the Romans versus the Greeks and I I just I'd want to sit on it a little bit because I want to collect oh, some more I wanna because know. It's, it's more of like a conspiracy theory. So I want to collect a little bit more evidence for myself before I come out sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. So just let me okay. let me scroll the tumblers, okay. let me build up my opinion, okay. and then I'll lay all the facts on you, and you can make up your mind from there. It's oh, something that I, I may. Hate. I both love and hate it when you do that. Because it's something that I may have already said to oh. you offhand. But I, if I have done that, then I need to come up with things you haven't heard for the pod so that your See? reactions are genuine in the moment ones and See? not rehearsed. And I both love it and hate it when you do that because I love my genuine reaction in the first place. But the problem is, guys, is that I can build and form... Maybe I'm lying and I'll just never tell you. May, uh, some, well, like most of the time what happens is I like, build and form a new opinion later once I've found out more information for myself and have a better and clearer understanding of it. And so my original reaction isn't the right reaction anymore and people only ever judge my first reaction and I'm like, hey, wait, guys, I'm more, I have better knowledge of it now. I'm, I'm more layered, guys. Be like, please, please don't judge me on the initial reaction. Like, guys, I'm telling you, most of the time... If you're hearing it for the first time on this podcast, it's a most likely that I'm hearing it for the first time too. The case just telling me and I'm going, oh! Okay. Yeah, see, I'm very much the opposite. I really like to know exactly what I'm talking about and know exactly how I'm going to react to that. So, like, all That's of. That's because we need the sugar and the spice on this podcast. Well, yeah. We need a one person who's bringing the flavor and one person who's. Who's tasting it? Who's, who's <laughs> testing how spicy it is. How spicy. The sugar is. The flavor. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm too drunk for this. I have to go to bed. <laughs> well, see, this is, I mean, this is how I approach things in, like, life, too. I don't like having conversations with thing, about things I know. that I'm not well-versed in. Like, I've known you for 18 years, I know. <laughs> anything that's in, like, politics or news, I'm like, I really need to just know both sides of everything before I start talking about them because I don't like it when things that are wrong come out of my mouth. Because <laughs> if you've never met you... me, guys, I don't like to admit when I am wrong. At all, wow. it is big fucking time. If anyone has a fatal flaw, that is mine. <laughs> Can't admit when they're wrong. Ah, uh, yeah. And I will admit that. See, and this, but is... I will not tell you that I'm wrong ever about anything. Yeah. I will just I deny, don't know. deny, deny, avoid and evade. I mean, deny, deny, deny is from Outer Banks with our good old JJ. But oh, love, love, love. 
love is love. No, I just Thank hate you. all criticisms and hate saying that I'm wrong, which is why I work very hard to make sure that I'm not wrong. Yeah. But yes, I'm very much that person, and Joe's very much the opposite, where she'll just... I, can, I mean, I can easily admit when I'm wrong. I'll be no, like, no, oh, I wasn't right. Oh, okay. Not with cool. that, but you're the opposite with, you don't mind talking Being about... Surprised. Talking about exactly what you're hearing in the moment. Yeah. Which... Like, you're very articulate with what you, with your opinions. I'm, see, this is the thing, I'm insecure in my opinions, so I need to have a full rounded opinion before I can talk to you about something. I see, and I will very, very clearly and sincerely state if my opinion in the past has been wrong, and I will apologize for that. Yeah. And I will build oh, like new same. And base facts. But I try not to get it wrong. I, but that's the thing, I don't mind it's if I. It's the perfectionism in me. I don't mind if people change my opinion. If they bring forth facts that I wasn't able to find or that I never came across, and they change, they inevitably, once presenting these facts, change my opinion. And sometimes... Are you like that meme of the professor sitting behind the desk with the change my mind written on the yes, banner in front of me? But the thing is, is that the way that he's, like, that meme is sort of saying, like, oh, you can't change my mind. Whereas I'm like... Feel free to try. Like, it might not be hard. Like, you could... <laughs> Feel free to try. You won't get there. <laughs> like, but, like, go ahead and bring me your facts and your sources Whereas and your emotional Whereas I'm so backing. stubborn that I'll stick with what I'm saying and yes, then I'll just change the subject so that we're not talking about it anymore. So oh. that I'm not wrong. I fucking hate You're it when you welcome. do that, you bitch. God. I'm feeling very bullied right now. You do that so often. <gasps> with what? I need an example. I so, anyway, we love to... <laughs> You do that so often. I'll be talking about something and you'll be like, whatever, moving on. And I'll be like, no, I want to uh, talk about this more. If you could have seen your face just then when I did that. <laughs> Guys, but that's a, that is just an example of how quickly she'll change the topic. I just fucking knocked that out of the park. <laughs> sorry, just giving myself a pat on the back. Sorry. Keep and, going. And because when you look at my personality, is that when she does that, my brain goes, okay, we're talking about something new. <laughs> right, so she's so good. And at least when it comes to our conversation, she's so good at changing it up. And I'll be like, okay, I guess. We'll talk about something different and leave that in the past, I guess. I feel like I'm just very good at passing it off as, oh, my mind moved on while you were still talking. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys, for coming. <laughs> I mean, this has given us some really... Just this little chat we've had at the end is really fun. And obviously, if you guys want to hear any more of that, come back next week on the pod. Yeah. The best way that you guys can support, can support us right now is just listening yeah. every Send week. Send us your questions and queries. Yes. Leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you can. Five stars. That really, really helps us be found <laughs> on charts. And leave us a review there. Anyway, we would love like, to hear. A we would really prefer if you left us five stars, and then if you had something else to say <laughs> about it, you would leave it in the review. But giving us the five stars really helps boost us at the very beginning stages of us launching We're this just podcast. Trying to broaden our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so, yeah, if you want to come and talk to us directly, you can come and ch- chat to us on Instagram. We are at Damn Snack Bar Pod. And if you want to contact me outside of that, which I mean, you can if you want, but it. You know, I'm, not, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm on Instagram at Katie Mac. That's K A T I E M A C W K. And I'm on Tumblr and Twitter at Fish Jesus. Fish Jesus. That's F I S H J E Z U S. So, yeah, come and chat to us, guys. It's been really fun. We're going to come back next week yeah. and look at Looking chapters to 13 to 15 of The Lightning Thief. And we'd really love for you to join us. We would. So, we'll see you next time, guys. Yeah. I'm Kate. I'm Joe. And we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for visiting the damn snack bar. Hope you enjoyed your meal. 
We'll see you next week for the new specials. Cheers.